Welcome back to Overdue. I'm Mrs. Watts. And I'm Coach Hill. We're coming to you from BDP Library at White House High. So I'll start us off. We're going to talk about what we read. Um, I think we both actually completed our reading this time. Yay. Yep. <laughs> um, so we both, did you, was yours the VSBA? Mine I can't was remember. VSBA. Yes, okay. Ma'am. So we both did. Um, so I read The Agathas by Kathleen Glasgow and Liz Lawson. Um, so this is kind of a um, high school murder mystery type situation. Okay. Um, Pretty take, fast paced. It is. Yeah. It's really well done. Um, So it takes place in Castle Cove, like a coast side town. Um, There's this big discrepancy between certain groups of the students. Like some live on these big mansions on the coast. And then obviously there are others who um, do not live the same lifestyle and just Mm -hmm. long for more. Um, And so one of the main characters is Alice Ogilvie. And she has just gone um, missing over the summer uh, for five days. And then she just comes back so this disappearance um startled the whole town and everyone's kind of angry with her for just disappearing and coming back like there, there's no nothing bad happened and everyone was very worried about it so there's this tension between her and her school and everyone in the community um like just for making everyone worry and think something had happened but um, so it enters with her coming back to school for the first time, her facing all of those things. And then, um, so it's Halloween and a lot of the students have this big party and she shows up even though she knows she's not welcome, but she, she doesn't know what to do. Okay. And so she goes anyway and gets into a fight with one of her best friends who is also the girl that stole her boyfriend. So there's tension there. Um, she drives home, but later or the next day, her best friend is missing and everyone's pointing to either her friend copied her or that Alice is the one responsible. And so now there's another missing girl. And this is the story of, of just the town trying to find it and a lot of frustration with groups who should be worried that aren't. And, um, and so Alice and, Another student who she's had no friendship with prior kind of go on this hunt to figure out what happened to Brooke because like dad's not worried. Police department's not doing a great job. They take it upon themselves to figure out what happened. And um, yeah, I don't really want to say too much because I don't want to give it away, but it was really well done from the very first chapter. You kind of get hints. Oh, it could be this person. It could be this person. And it kind of keeps you hanging on to, figure out what really happened. Yeah. Um, there's also a layer, like a, a deeper layer where Alice's parents, her dad is always gone for work and her mother kind of is also, they're just absent. Mm-hmm. And so toward the end, you kind of find out why Alice disappeared for five days and that it was really a way for her to seek, um, just like the love of her family. Like mm-hmm. I just wanted to be missed. I wanted to be valued and, and things like that. And so, um, yeah, it was a, it was a great kind of adventure and, 
mystery trying to figure it out, but there's also that piece of it where you see like she was just longing for something mm-hmm. more from her family. So, um, it was a great book. I think, cool. our, I think our students would love it. Very cool. Yeah. It looks cool. The cover looks cool. It does look really cool. It was very, very good. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more I could say about it, but I'll stop there and okay. find out about what you read. Yeah. So I read the name she gave me by Betty Cully. Uh, this is a novel that's written in verse. So it was mm-hmm. a really quick read. I didn't know that. I just grabbed it uh, yeah. and just opened it and saw it was in verse. So <laughs> yeah. I, it didn't take long to read it all. Uh, this is the story of a girl named Rin. Um, Rin is in high school and Rin is adopted. So the title of the name she gave me is in reference to her birth name, which is Scheherazade. Okay. Um, and this story is about Rin wanting to know kind of once and for all about her birth mother and family and so forth. So she goes to the adoption adoption agency. Um, they won't release any records without uh, the permission of her adoptive parents uh, because she's not 18 yet. Um, she ends up doing an online search. Uh, she learns that her mother has since passed her birth mother. Um, she learns of an uncle and she learns of a sister, I believe a half sister. I might be, I might be misremembering that, but I'm pretty sure it was a half sister, mm-hmm. uh, named Sorella. And so, uh, I, Sorella, we learn in the book, I think it was Italian and it means sister. So for her, it's kind of like her mom left her a clue that she has a sister out there. Um, and so this is the story of her trying to locate these people and potentially build a relationship with these people and kind of, uh, finding her way back to her blood relatives Mm -hmm. through all of this. She's navigating a relationship with her adoptive parents. Her dad to me reads as very gentle, uh, very empathetic, very calm. Um, just to use a simple word, just a kind man. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's a garlic farmer. They live on a garlic farm in Maine and he just, he does his farming and they sell it at farmer's markets and, um, just seems very even keeled and, and I don't know, I don't know what else to say about him. Just a, just yeah. a gentle person. Her adoptive mother, however, uh, is very emotionally and sometimes physically abusive. Um, you're not sure whether the physical part is intentional or intentional or not, but, uh, nonetheless it's there and it doesn't really matter what the intention was. Absolutely. Um, and her mom is the main reason, uh, why she can't get the, uh, records released from the adoption agency. Uh, she just doesn't, she doesn't want her to. Okay. So while she's, while she's trying to, uh, locate and build relationships with her, her, her birth mom's brother, her uncle and her half sister, uh, she's also dealing with this relationship primarily with her adoptive mother. Um, and the tension and she, she, uh, she compares her, her adoptive mother to a volcano, uh, mm. just waiting to erupt and you don't know when it's going to erupt and, and things like that. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a coming of age and identity kind of a book. Yeah. Uh, things that I think that we've seen are becoming increasingly popular amongst the readers in our school. Um, and because of that, uh, I think that it would be a pretty popular and quick read yeah. for, for quite a few students here. Absolutely. I love, and this is not, this kind of beside the point, but even just listening to you and thinking about what I read and just like the 
common theme of craving connection. Yes. Um, it's just interesting to see how that fits into so many different kinds of books. Yeah. And, and actually when we, after the next segment, when I go into my new book that I'm reading and I'm very early on, yeah, there's kind of that also. Yeah. It's, it's just interesting to know. And again, just a random book that I grab. I mean, right. not random. It's a VSBA again, but I don't know any, I just grabbed the book. Right. So it's, I, th- I think we're seeing that more and more mm-hmm. in the books that we are reading and buying and we're buying and reading them because that's what's circulating the most. Yeah. Uh, here at here at White House Eye. So we'll take a quick break. Uh, we will listen to a student book preview. This time we will be hearing a preview of The Shack by W.M. Paul Young. This is a Christian fiction novel. And previewing The Shack for us is White House High School student, Bella Michael. Hi, my name is Bella Michael, and I'll be reading The Shack by William Paul Young. The Shack is a story about a man named Mac, whose daughter Missy was abducted during their family camping trip, and evidence that she may have been brutally murdered are found in an old shack in the woods. Four years later, Mac receives a suspicious letter telling him to go back to the shack. He returns against his better judgment and finds God, who appeared as the Trinity, there to save and heal him. I'll be reading pages 49 through 50, where the first pieces of evidence to Missy's disappearance and possible death are found. Again, he turned back to his assigned task but nothing seemed to be different than what he had remembered. Nothing had changed. He came to the table where Missy had been busy. The book was open to the page she had been coloring, a half-finished picture of the Multama Indian princess. The crowns were also there, although Missy's favorite color, red, was missing. He began to look around the ground to see where it might have fallen. If you're looking for the red crown, we found it over there, by the tree, said Dalton, pointing toward the parking lot. She probably dropped it when she was struggling with... His voice trailed off. How can you tell she was struggling, Mac demanded. The officer hesitated, but then spoke almost reluctantly. We found one of her shoes near there, in the bushes, where it was probably kicked off. You weren't here at that time, so we asked your son to identify it. The image of his daughter fighting off some perverted monster was like a fist to the stomach, almost succumbing to the sudden blackness that threatened to smother him. Mac leaned on the table to keep from passing out or throwing up. It was then that he noticed a ladybug pin sticking in the coloring book. He snapped to awareness as if someone had opened smelling salts under his nose. Whose is that? He asked Dalton, pointing to the pen. Whose is what? This ladybug pen. Who put that there? We just assumed it was Missy's. Are you telling me that the pen was not there this morning? I'm positive, asserted Mac adamantly. She doesn't own anything like that. I'm almost positive that it was not here this morning. Officer Dalton was already on his radio, and within minutes, the forensics was back and had taken the pen into custody. Dalton took Mac aside and explained, If what you say is correct, then we have to assume that Missy's assailant left it here on purpose. He paused before adding, Mr. Phillips, this could be good or bad news. I don't understand, responded Mac. The officer again hesitated, trying to decide whether he should tell Mac what he was thinking. He searched for the right words. Well, the good news is that we might get some evidence off it. It's the only thing we have so far linking him to the scene. And the bad news? Mac held his breath. Well, the bad news, and I'm not saying that this is the case here, but guys who leave something like this usually have a purpose in leaving it. It usually means they've done it before. What are you saying, Max Snap? that this guy is some kind of serial killer? Is this some sort of mark that he leaves behind to identify himself, like he's marking his territory or something? Mac was getting angry, and it was evident by the look on Dalton's face that he was sorry for even mentioning it. But before Mac could blow, Dalton received an incoming call on his belt radio, patching him through to the FBI field office in Portland, Oregon. Okay. 
thanks to Bella for that for that book preview. Um, and we'll quickly preview what's next up for us that we'll talk about in our next episode. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, still on the VSBA list for this school year, I grabbed This Golden State by Merritt. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Weisenberg or Weisenberg. Um, and we have this cataloged as a mystery. Mm-hmm. And that's all I knew about it when I grabbed it. I am not very far into it. Um, but here's what I can tell you with what I have read. Uh, the story opens with a girl in high school. Um, her parents and her younger sister come to pick her up from school. Um, and you learn that they live in this kind of, uh, uh, they're always on the run from something. They don't live in one place too long. They Mm -hmm. constantly change their names and their identities. Like they pay people to get them new social security numbers and birth certificates and passports and things like that. Um, and so this book opens with that cycle starting over again. Mm -hmm. Um, and they are in the car and they are going West and they have gotten their new names. Um, and you can tell that the main character, I don't really know what to call her uh, yet. Um, I don't know what name is going to be the one in the book here, but she is at kind of a tipping point in terms of like, what the heck's going on here? Like she's always known that this is just the way they live. Uh, they've been told that the primary, um, goal is to keep the family together. Um, you know, she's always had questions, of course. Right. Um, and you kind of get the sense that during this book, you're going to find out what are they running from? Who are they running from? Like, Mm -hmm. because right now you have no idea if they got involved in something bad, if they know some big government secret, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I really don't know, but it's, it's pretty fast paced already. Cool. Um, it looked good when and, we were, we just prepped a, that yeah. book a couple of days it ago. It seems like mystery is probably the appropriate uh, classification. Yeah. Here. It looks so, good. What'd you grab? So this is from um, Rachel Lynn Solomon. It's called See You Yesterday. And it was, um, it's not a follow-up to another book, but I read her other book last year called Today, Tonight, Tomorrow. The cover almost looks it, the same. It almost looks it's the same. It's a different color. It's a different it's, color and it's a different kind of... But so, right? Yeah. Isn't it like kind of vertical similar. like that? And Yeah. Very similar. Um, I really enjoyed that book. And so I just kind of looked at this one. Romance, yeah? Sorry. Yeah, it's kind of a romance. So it's a high school student who just kind of had a difficult high school experience and is looking forward to college. Okay. And I think early on in her freshman year, she like has a run in with another student in her class. And later that night accidentally sits like a frat house on fire or something. Can't get back into her dorm room, falls asleep in a common area and wakes up the next morning in her bed, like having not been in a fire like, like totally normal. Happen. And it's actually the same day over again. Oh. So then she finds uh, out. Oh, see you yesterday. I yeah. get it. So then okay. she finds there's another student who's stuck in this time loop. And so we will see what happens. Right now it's time for us to check out. Don't forget to follow us at BDP underscore library at Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And share us with a friend. Don't forget to check back with us every other Wednesday for the next episode of Overdue. Make time to read. Thanks for listening.